Hey everybody, welcome to AEW's, uh, well, well not AEW's, LOB Radio's Dynamite After Dark, your live reaction show for AEW Dynamite. Here is your host, Zanman Shane Sabunia, along with my good buddy, the Honorable Jeff. And, uh, Jeff, you know, I, I told you I don't know how my internet's doing tonight, so I'm not sure how this is going to go. So, let's start off by talking about, yes, yes, yes. The pretenders to the tag team throne Gee, you... have finally been dethroned. Are you happy? I am. My Guys, boy before we Paige, get... My boy Kenny Omega have the world tag team championships. Well, before we get too far into this, this is going out live over YouTube. If you are listening, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, ring the notification bell so you can get us every time we go live. We go live at least twice a week, and we'll be doing one live YouTube exclusive a month. So, um, and hit those, hit that subscribe and notification button so that we can you can hear us every time we are live. And yes, I kind of figured you'd be happy. In fact, I was surprised I didn't hear from you until now. Well, because my internet was been so crappy, I've been watching. I was watching AEW on my phone, so it's kind of hard to text you during oh. it. So I can only tell, like, text you like you or my wife during commercials. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Like I <laughs> yeah, said, I figured. Like I said on a previous time, where this where that happened, um, you know, the the mobile app, the commercials, there's no split screen. It just goes right to the commercial. Yeah, they didn't do so well with the split screen, and JR's got to stop with his um, throwing to the split screen. It, just let it go. Just let the commercial break come in. He's he's not very good at it. What do you, how does he? Pretty much every time he goes, and folks, we're going to stay. Well, we're going to stay right here. Yep. It's like okay, just say we're going to commercial and let it go to split screen, or just leave it alone. One or the other. Sorry, Jr. I actually do enjoy you at times. It's few and far between, but it's few and far between. But uh, he's got it. He's got to pull it together. He's yeah. Either that, or just give the reins to Taz and and Tony Schiavone or Taz and Excalibur, and and have these guys be the B squad on the on the on the new show that's coming later this year. Oh, is there a new show coming this year? Yeah, they signed a. Uh, extension of their contract to 2023 with TNT and they're adding a second show. Oh, I didn't know that. That's too bad. Sometimes I have to keep you up on, we got, I've just got to like plug you into some news stream somewhere. So you get caught up on this stuff. No, because then I see spoilers and I want to see spoilers. Um, yeah, fair enough. But that, but that is really sad that they're adding a second show. I, I really, I, I don't, I don't understand the need for an expansion show. Unless they're just bringing, unless they're just bringing dark onto network TV rather than having it on YouTube. I mean, that's if they're gonna do that, that's fine. But I don't think they need a second like flagship type show. Yeah, I guess I don't get it either. There's really no point to it, but for some reason they feel like they need one, so let them ha just let them have it. I guess. Well, I'm not gonna have, we're not gonna have a choice but to let them have it. But I mean, it's. We don't get that. We don't get a say in that. But I, I, I just think it's too much. You don't spread, yeah, your, that's you don't a, spread your roster that thin. Yeah, that is a possibility. It, it, well, it, there, it's not going to be like a, um, like a WWE thing where they're splitting the roster. I mean, they're just bringing on a second show. It'll probably be more like uh, SmackDown and and Raw was, or uh, Nitro and Thunder was when they had their. Um, when they had two shows, 
doesn't matter. I it's, can it's see still, it. It's still too much wrestling to try to follow every week from one promotion. You know, mm. that, that, that was our, that's been our complaint about WWE is you, got, you have to watch, you know, five hours of Raw and SmackDown to follow the mainstream stuff. And now they're going to do the same thing with AEW. It, it, I don't like the idea. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's too much wrestling for me. And I know I won't be able, I can't even watch Dynamite After Dark. So um, I can well, see I, that I point. Not. I hope that you can listen to it, though, every week right here on LLP Radio. Or what's the one they do on YouTube? It's just called Dark. <laughs> Is it AEW Dark? I don't know. It's something. It's called something. That's all I know. Well, one would hope so, right? Right. So, how about those new tag team champions, Jeff? Um, I, this is... I don't get the whole heel turn or whatever they're doing, because it seems like it's... I don't even want to say it's a slow burn at this point. It just seems like he hates the Bucks, but he still loves Kenny. I just think he's frustrated with everybody, but I, but I think he gets more frustrated when he drinks, and I think that's I think that's kind of what they're showing is you know he's 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 still you know the cowboy guy, he's still the guy that fans love, but then when he starts drinking, he becomes a bit obnoxious and and shitty, kind of like you. Oh, so well, yeah, exactly like me, which is why <laughs> I I try not to do it anymore. Drink that is. Yes. Yeah. Being obnoxious, that's just that just goes with the flow. Yeah, me too. Uh, but, but yeah, I, mean, I, I really, I, but I really enjoyed the match. I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed the finish to the match. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know really what else to say. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, you, I, I've had a problem for the last what three and a half months with with. Uh, SCU being the tag team champions and Scorpio Sky being a world beater and all these great tag teams in the world being subservient to SCU. And so, it, you know, I think it's great that this kind of super team of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega finally put those pretenders in their place. Pretenders? I didn't have a problem with SCU. I, I, I'm thinking the champions have been, the initial champions might have run their course considering you know a couple of them well i guess the well yeah i guess we're running up on what five months now four or five months of of them being uh champions so they've kind of run their course um might be time to change hands on all of them but i I didn't have as big a problem with scu as you did no and you never have i mean you've always been an scu guy i have not always been an an scu guy because they replaced the addiction you cannot replace the addiction Except for the fact that Christopher Daniels is what four hundred and five years old now. I do not care. No, fair enough. Chris Jericho's also four hundred and five years old, and he's the AEW World Champion. Well, yeah, and I think he's kind of run his course too. I didn't think he was going to be champion for as long as he is. And he's pushing about six months now, and that was that was something that we talked about in the beginning that he he he'll make a great first champion, but he shouldn't hold the belt long. Yeah, we we did say that, didn't we? Yeah. Well, he's held the title now since what September was it September first or August thirtieth that Labor Day was on the show. I can't remember. I was, I was at the show, and I still can't remember. But uh, Ooh, but, but I mean, basically, regardless, it was, it's one one or two day difference, so it's not like it really matters much. <laughs> That's true. But uh, you know, un- until uh, and 
if he drops a title to John Moxley at uh, Revolution, that's what February 29th, right? So he will have held it for just under six months at that point. Right, and that's that's just too long. That I mean, I I wanted him to become the uh, first champ, especially when it was against Page, because I didn't think Page was ready yet. I I'm still not a hundred percent sold on Page as being ready to carry the belt yet, but he is definitely in a better spot than he was uh, six months ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know he's he's developing a better character. Um, he's got the crowd on his side. You know he's 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 rubbing. Um, he's getting the rub from you know Kenny Omega and I guess from this title t- t- this t- title reign from SCU who they were calling you know the hottest tag team in the world and uh, and also from the Bucks. I mean I th- I think that we're it's interesting what they're doing right now with 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 the with the, with you know Kenny Omega seems to be like kind of uh, torn like three ways now like you know he's got the thing going on with Hangman where they're where they're kind of friends and kind of have a little bit of rivalry going. He's got the thing going on with Pac. And now it looks like, you know, he'll be he'll be defending those tag team titles along with Hangman, and so I I just don't know where this whole thing with Pack fits into everything, you know. Yeah, it's hard to, uh, I, 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 I mean I can't see that he's gonna be pulling double duty at the pay per view. No, I can't either. But what are they gonna be doing with Pack at this point? I. I could see by that time we have a, a split with Kenny and, and Paige, and it'd be a triple threat. Yeah, but are they, are they going to have the tag title switch twice that quickly? It doesn't necessarily it's, it's need possible. to switch. It, it well, it doesn't right? necessarily... Go ahead. It could be a winner-take-all type situation where the winner becomes tag team champions out of the triple threat. That's true. Or so, or something along those lines, and it's not the first time a heel and face have been, you know, and bitter enemies have been tag champs together. Right. I mean, they are they are moving towards an eventual hangman turn, even though it's kind of a weird slow burn. But it is the direction that they're going. You know, I was kind of hoping. I think I, I mentioned this last night. I think, but I, I was really hoping that uh, Pack would win the match against Moxley. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to, but it also came pretty close to hitting the time limit, which is what happened the only other time these guys faced each other. You know, they went to a time limit draw, and the main event of Dynamite. So, you know, it, it could have easily got to do it where it's going to be a triple threat situation at Revolution. Yeah, and that I wouldn't have been mad at that either. I um. Although, like we said last night, they're, they've been building towards this Moxley-Jericho thing for so long that that's got to be the payoff. Right. Um, but so much stuff can happen now between then and now, too. You know, I mean, that's over a month away. We've got five, what, six, six more episodes before that pay-per-view. So a lot of, thing, a lot of things can change between now and then. All right, so I was just—I was just looking up what you had mentioned about a second show, and what I suggested actually is what's—is what's going to be happening. Is, is that dark that is, is going to be moving to TNT? Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, that actually right. makes more sense. And they're going to. Sometimes they're kind of make, going to kind of make it like a sports center type show that says we're going to embellish and put, a, put some additional material kind of behind the scenes, kind of docu follow stuff, if you will, with the athletes and the stories. That, that well, that's be not pretty cool. 
yeah, I still won't have time to watch it, but it'll be really cool. You will have to make time to watch it. Dear God, please don't suggest another show. <laughs> <laughs> no, not another show for us to do, but I mean, you know, following the backstage stuff going on and maybe like an expansion into the, the stories that they're telling would, you know, wouldn't be a bad thing. No, actually, that wouldn't be a bad, and that would be um, along the same lines of pretty much what we're doing now. At least it's not a new company being suggested. And if I got, got out impact after the discussion everybody had today, um, I could find time for it. <laughs> oh, the discussion about how uh, you can't get into intergender wrestling as much as some people, so you might cut it out for that reason? No, that's not what I said. I'm just, what I said is that I, I don't, I think that they're focusing too much on it. I think it's become a focal point of the show, and I don't mind Tessa, um, you know, fighting with the big wigs and or fighting with the men and and taking on that China role from twenty years ago. But uh, at some point, it is, it's not only hurting the women's division, even though the, the they do have a fairly decent women's division. It's just not. They're playing it. At some point, they need to do what they did with China, and they just need to make it okay. She's just one of the guys now, and stop making it the intergender boy versus girl. Oh, she's a woman stuff all the time. And I and I've been saying that now for over a year. So, and well, when they first, I, I think if you establish her as the champion, so like it says that she hold, you know, Sammy lost the title in his first defense, or well, his first pay per view defense. I should say he did defend the title against. Uh, uh, Brian Cage won, so you know, but Brian, you know, Brian Cage basically lost the title in his second pay-per-view defense. But say, say that Tessa holds it for six months. I think by that time, everything will have kind of smoothed over, over, and they won't, and it won't, and it won't long, no longer be like a like a man versus woman situation. I you know, I, I, I wouldn't say they're pushing on everybody, considering the fact that that's the it's the only talent that it's happening with. It's not like Jordan Grace or Kara Hogan or um, Madison Rain or Taya Valkyrie or facing men on a weekly basis not on a weekly basis but they have gotten into their um weren't they involved in that call your shot battle royal slash gauntlet thing i don't i know there were i know jordan grace was i suppose i could have swore somebody else was um but moving away from impact since this is AEW, um not much else on this show really stuck with me I, I really like seeing um, Darby Allen's wife make her appearance and break away from MLW because I think she's a really intriguing character. My only concern is when is somebody making their debut actually going to win a match? Um, why is that important? It it's just it'd be nice to not have them all start off at the bottom. You know, you bring in you bring in decent players, let them win a match every now and then. I think Sheeta won her first match coming in, didn't she? Oh, no, she didn't. Never mind. No, no she didn't. No, I, and that, that didn't really count because they were all, that was everybody's first match. That was pretty much everybody's first match in the company. But I'm talking about now, it's everybody new that comes in, every time they de- uh, debut a new, a new wrestler, they end up losing that very first match. And it's every single time. Well, I think at some point, you know, they'll start doing vignettes and stuff like that, and then they'll start bringing somebody with a lot of fanfare, and then they'll come in and, and get a and get a victory. But I mean, they're they're really just kind of bringing people in, almost like in a a trial type situation. Um, oh, you know who you know who won almost every one of her matches so far is Chris Statlander. 
Except for the fact that she hasn't won anything clean. I don't think she won her very first match, did she? She did. She's, she only has one loss, and that was the one to Riho. Wasn't the... Um, did she win? She Oh, she won it by disqualification, because didn't the um, Nightmare family come out? Or whatever they're called. Nightmare. Wait, no. No, in Statlander's first match. Statlander's they came, first they match, came, she won by pinfall, I think. What was the one where they came out to try and recruit her? Wasn't that her very first match? But she had already won the match at that point. That was after the match came. And then, and that's when Mel came out of the crowd too. Okay. All right. So, as usual, I'm wrong. Well, no, you're not wrong. It's it's just that Chris Statlander. I'm just saying that she's an ex- that she I think is the one I can think of that that won her debut match. It just seems like everybody else that when it's their first match they end up losing. I mean, even CT lost his first match because of um, you know that's the match or that's the one that Cody and him teamed up again with. Oh, um, C.T. Marshall or C.T. Anderson? Q.T. Marshall, that's what it is. Oh, speaking of which, the upside-down apple on his tights is a nice touch. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I really enjoyed um, last week's <coughs> Cody promo. You know, I, I, I think that Cody is, if not the number one Mike guy in the business right now, he's definitely right up there. And and then tonight, like uh, MJF didn't have a lot of time on the mic, but he but he he did play his usual dickish self and 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 saying you know Cody, you're right, you know I will be a chapter in your book, I will be the last damn one was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, and I I have to give a shout out to AEW. Not like they probably got the idea from us because wasn't two weeks ago we were complaining about how it sucks watching uh, I, him work the crowd and us not being able to hear it. Yeah. This time they just let him wander around aimlessly and uh, not talk to anybody. So we actually got to hear his whole promo and crowd work and everything. So I'm going to take credit for that one. Thanks, AEW, yeah. for, for giving us that. Yeah, I, th- I think we should. Why, why wouldn't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I you know and that was a decent match with him and Joey Janela. I, I I just don't understand why can't Joey Janela just have a decent match and just have a match. It's either got to be a hardcore match or somebody's got to interfere. He can never just have a match. And they missed out on a golden opportunity because MJF and Joey Janela have have had feuds in the Indies. They could have talked about the history of those two. But they just kind of let it slide. Um my favorite part about that match was that you know they had been talking about his Joey Janela's problem was Kip, was Kip Sabian and, and uh, the gorgeous Penelope. goddess Penelope Ford, and uh, and then like towards the end of the match they come out and and uh, they distract Janela and Jim Ross is like well who would have, who would have anticipated that Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford would come out here? Every single experienced wrestling fan would have predicted that. Everyone <laughs> every, that's ever every single person. Everybody that has ever um, watched a Joey Janela match would have seen that coming. It didn't even have to be a wrestling fan; just anybody that's ever watched Joey Janela. I mean, I knew that I knew they were coming out for sure. It was crazy. So, and of course, then then you know, you know, you had mentioned how Jim Ross sometimes does things to entertain you. Well, I, I will tell you once again because I think I mention this every time he does it. Um, he does not need to say 
Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, every time Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy is doing something in the ring. I wish he would just say Jack Perry. Let's dump the Jungle Boy thing. But that was another fun match. Marco Stunt is... Irritating as fuck. Yeah, I agree. But fitting his role well. Actually, I probably, I probably <clears> said that word. Sorry. sorry about that. And I'm changing the rating again. Here we go. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> it's funny because I'm normally the potty mouth, but I'm the, the one that's ratings, been refraining the last two days. I'm not the ratings grabber, folks. I am the ratings changer. Ratings changer. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, the uh, uh, He's... He's fitting his role well. He's irritating and annoying, but he's playing it off really well. He's you know, not doing he's not doing what what we hated so much in MLW where he was out there trying to be this guy that was going to end up being the bad badass that, you know, beat the bigger guy. He's just out there. He knows he's a tiny guy who's just going to get his head kicked in and he's playing it well. So what is the actual rule for YouTube? Because I know, like, for a PG-13 movie, you can say the F word one time and it still be a PG-13 film. Can you well, not PG-13... Can you not do it, like, PG-13, one time on YouTube, could, or what? Well, PG-13, we could show boobs. I can show At my boobs that, right now. I don't care. Well, I don't want to see them. Liar. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the ratings are. I'm not changing anything. I marked that it wasn't for kids before I even pressed start. So. Oh, okay. That's fine. I, I, was, I, was, just, I was just curious. Um, and I'm literally just giving you shit. So. Like the MPAA or whatever. I was um, just giving you shit to begin with, so it worked out well. I, you know, I, I did like kind of how, uh, that you know, the Michael Stunt flurry of offense just being like nullified by... The Judas Effect, which should be called the Judas Kiss, by the way. I don't understand why it's called the Judas Effect. Um, but you know why why that doesn't uh, you know how how that sold how that made that move look so great because you know Jericho's getting his butt kicked, he got his butt kicked by Luchasaurus and then, and then Marco Stunts all over him and then just that one back elbow and ends everything. You know that's and that's, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, I. That was a nice touch, having everybody sing his intro, his intro, entrance theme too. Yeah, it was. Um, that uh, one of those little moments that was nice to see. Speaking of which, what was the crowd doing in the main event that caused them to keep blanking out the sound? Do you have any? Do you have any idea? What, the, what were they? I having? have no clue. Okay. I I have no clue. I was kind of half in and half out i was was not listening i was more trying to focus on the match so i there were a couple times where i got so annoyed by jr that i literally muted my tv so i actually missed that i don't didn't hear that happening that's understandable um what else was i going to say oh jake hager um Kind of getting irritated with that guy. You know, I, I really yeah, enjoy I, him. You know, I, I I like his presence. You know, I, I and I enjoy him as a pro wrestler. I just, but I'm I'm getting kind of tired of him just being the enforcer. You know, and and if he's not going to wrestle, I guess I I kind of want him to come out and say, you know, he's not going to wrestle. He's just going to be the big hurt, and he's just going to be the enforcer. I I you know the the but the the more he doesn't wrestle, the more I really want to see him get back in the ring. 
especially yeah, especially I'm, when you're when you're you know when you're talking about him him having you know being one of the bigger guys in promotion and you know they they kind of set up him against Dustin Rhodes and now they set up him against Luchasaurus. I really want to want to kind of see him mixing it up in those situations. Yeah, he's really kind of losing it for me too because literally all he does is come out there, throw his hands up, and then gets involved towards the end of the match. It's kind of like a Wardlow. At some point, get in the ring or terminate the contract. Let them go somewhere else. Well, it's even worse than Wardlow because you know Wardlow um, has only been around for like I don't know six weeks or something. Yeah, and Hager's been around for four months. Right, he debuted the, on the. Yeah, he was he, like, yeah, he, a big debut at the end of the at the end of the first episode of Dynamite. And then he's done nothing except for beat down um, Dustin in the back row in the you know out in the parking lot, and then throw a few punches here and there to end matches. Right. But he's not even a very good enforcer or bodyguard enforcer, whatever. You, if you think about it, because he let Moxley punch his boss in the face of a bottle. <laughs> that is very true. Um... You know, I, I I will say like you know I, I really liked last week's dynamite and I really liked tonight's dynamite, but I think that this week's dynamite is better than the last two weeks just for the fact that we didn't have Diamond Dallas Page on either episode, on this episode tonight. And we didn't have any mini tournaments or four way battles. We did not. You know, we had we had the we had the number one, and that's the first time in in what three weeks we haven't had anything like that. Right. You know, and this this is nice. Uh, we we had a tournament. We had a number one contender match. We had you know we had a. Uh, Take team title match, and then we just had some matches, but there were a lot of glowing absences again. You know, Darby Allen again, nowhere near. And I understand. Okay, Guevara got the night off. Great, he's been the focal point of the last three episodes, so for him to get a night off is fine. But Darby Allen is back to his making one appearance every two, three weeks, and it's for a uh, usually for something that has to do with the title. Yeah, there's just I, so I, there's so many people that we don't see. We don't see it. And, and when you're an upstart company and you have all these young, all this young talent, you can't let them just go away for a couple of weeks and think that people are still going to love them when they only show up once a month. Well, I think it depends on what you're focusing on, and and you know I think Darby Allen will get his time to shine, but I'm sure that he's also featured on Dark, which we which you and I just don't happen to watch. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what the crossover is between, the, between people who watch Dynamite and people who watch Dark, but um, but you know, I'm sh- I think a lot of these guys that we don't see on a, on a weekly basis on um, Dynamite are, are going to be on Dark. Like probably um, the Wizard Brothers are probably on Dark this this coming Tuesday or something, along with you know um, Darby Allen and probably the Young Bucks will have a match on there since they didn't have a match on this show and you know so on and so forth. But even still, the young bucks made a pre- were a presence. You know, it, it's like they could they could have better use of. I don't want to say backstage segments, but maybe a, a into and out of commercial vignette. Um, I I don't mind the fact that they're bridging matches by having the cutaway screen, but that's also something that has doesn't need to be done. They don't need to go to a commercial break during every single match. I mean, there's there's such a thing as timing, and eventually they've got to get their timing down where you have an, a complete match between commercials. You can have an eight-minute match. You don't have to have 25-minute matches every 
And that first match was almost 30 minutes long. What they could do, you know, is have like kind of a picture in picture type thing with they used to have like, like uh, you know, like wrestling challenge or superstars back in the day where you would see, where you would have a guy come out and cut a promo on somebody else while somebody else, you know, while while the match was going on. So you could, you could, oh, and, like, they could and they could be cutting a promo for the next episode of Dark or something, you know. Or they could just cut a promo on whoever is the. I mean that that was one nice thing that WWF used to do in the eighties that was really well done on on superstars and things like that is you didn't have to have the same matches every single week you didn't have to have the same guys just in a different formation you know tag match or a one-on-one or you know you could have uh randy savage against some jobber and have the honky tonk man like you said that picture in picture cut a promo on him on the way to the ring you get two guys on the same segment that are moving forward and you get to show off someone that might someday become something. Well, yeah, you and I have talked about that before on our, on our other shows too, that, you know, that, that we would prefer that, you know, that, you know, shows like raw and dynamite and, um, SmackDown and impact, you know, feature more times where you're facing a job or kind of building up that, building up that superstar so that you're not getting these matches over and over and over again. You know, right. down, down the road when you, when you see two stars facing each other or like maybe just the main event would be two stars facing each other. And um, it and it means a lot more than when you're seeing two uh, name wrestlers or stars facing each other every single match. Um, yeah, but, and but, but, we've but talked about. Point, but my point was more that, you know, if they did it the way I, is that they could do like a, like promos during. These matches, like like in a like in a picture-in-picture types type situation, where they're promoting the matches that are coming out on dark, and you you have these two opponents that are like kind of have alternating time, talking about what they're going to do to each other, and kind of promoting the fact that you know, the matches they're going to have on dark on dynamite. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things I could do. I don't. I, I think at this point, um, the wrestling is good. It's really good. They go out there and put on some great matches. Uh, but like you said, we don't have to have all superstar matches. Jobber matches are okay. And you know when you had things like um, not everything can be an NJPW type show where it is, you know, the last hour and a half of it is nothing but main event quality matches, pay-per-view quality matches for five straight matches. You know, AEW only has five matches. They don't, some of these like Janela and MJF, could have been saved up for a pay-per-view at some point down the line is janella even done what i mean whatever happened to uh your boy uh sean spears did he just <laughs> go away is the janella feud over um you know what what happened there did that that feud just went away and now he's feuding with kip sabian yes because now sean spears remember is focusing on finding a tag team partner to, to, to challenge the tag team titles I mean, and, and to be honest, that uh, that whole segment, that whole match was what we talk about is probably the best way to get everybody involved. You had MJF and, and Janela face each other. You had Cody come out and make his presence known. And you had Sabian and Priscilla come out and make their presence known, pushing along both of the feuds, getting four people involved and not making it into a spectacle. You know, they could, even if... They kind of did it in the first couple of weeks of Dynamite, where when um, Best Friends or SCU wasn't actually on the card, they were sitting in the audience. 
why couldn't Darby Allen have been in the audience? And it was also the first time since uh, Cody faced Jericho for the championship that we saw MJF actually get somebody had somebody actually got the, got a one up on on MJF. Yeah, you know because well, you know, Cody was like Cody's like, well, I can't touch you, but they can. Right. And we got a super kick. And then it was you know, and it was a nice way to that. Was that the first time we've seen those two in the same proximity since that happened? Yes. Or no, wait, no, no, because Cody did run out and make the save and then got beat up by Wardlow. Oh, right. Totally forgot about that. So, okay. But so they, it they wasn't. They've done a great, a great job of keeping them apart from each other because it's only the second time in, what, two months? That they've actually shared the same, you know, ringside area. They've done, yeah, you're right. They've done a good job of keeping them away and building it on their own, building it in their own segments. But this was a nice way to, you know, push along two storylines without having us have to see, you know, any kind of any kind of any fighting between the two of them, right? Or four of them, or well, does Penelope count? That's five. Um. I, you know, I'm not sure if she counts, but I know that I've, I'd like to have her on all fours. Is that? Okay, there went our PG rating. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh... One, uh, two, three, four. Oh, and here comes five... What do you a try or never mind? I'm stopping <laughs> my thought there. Um, um, I'm sorry, Jeff. Should I have said it would open up for five? Would that would that have been a better way to do it? No, that oh. wouldn't have been. Okay. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, and then of course our main event match, which was. Sad to say, neither one of their best work. No, I, I think I think they were hindered by the boat. I think they were hindered by the wind. I think they were hindered by the uh, by the bandage thing. Um, I, I think I definitely think their, think their match about a month or six weeks ago, whatever it was, was a lot better than this one. Well, I was thinking about it one when the wind was blowing. Jericho said they were sitting in a dock. Even if they were sitting at a dock, could you imagine how choppy that was? Those that water was, and when these guys trying to jump off the top ropes right. when everything's moving, that had to have been just murder. Right, and then there was and a really awkward spot where where Moxie fell. It was, it was like he was he expected there to be more room than there was. You know, Jericho tried to cover it for it, say, and I and I'm sure he would. I'm sure he said the truth. You know that. That you know, it's it's different because it's one or two feet higher than they're used to. But also, there was like hardly any room for him to fall. You know, Moxie's not a small guy, and well, for there be for there to be like just that, you know, there was basically like an MLW style um, distance between the ring and that one area where Moxie fell, and it, and it looked like you know that was pretty dangerous at that at that point. Or an old TNA style too. Yeah. TNA used to be like that too, but I mean, but they did they did cover that in the opening match when they taught they le- legitimately said there's not a whole lot of room here because we're jam packed to the rafters, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> that uh, page spot where he dove on to Frankie in the crowd, mm-hmm. that looked like that might have been something that maybe the waves moving the boat might have caused to look a little more awkward than it should have. Yeah, I agree. 
because it really did look like Page was trying to adjust himself in midair. Yeah, and, and Page is usually like super smooth. So, right. Yeah, and and that's. I mean, I don't know. I thought this was as for a TV show, it was good, but it's starting to turn into that TV show. They're still doing a good job of trying to make it a pay per view quality type TV show, but I think at this point it would be better to maybe ease up on the 25-minute matches. We, Like I said, it, I, I love, absolutely love the fact that they're not going to commercial break in the middle of matches anymore. They're doing the picture-in-picture picture and the, the split screen and all that. But at some point, let's get the TV timing down and just have an eight-minute match in between commercial breaks. So you can go to a commercial break with a vignette of one of these guys that aren't there, like a Darby Allen or, or Kip Sabian or you know how many other young guys are they put? We could have had a Chris Statlander thing too, in this one. There, or uh, um, I, I keep wanting to call her Eo, but it's not um, Sheeta. Yeah, could have had one. You, there's so many up up and coming stars that they they have a chance to turn into you know a little backstage or a segment or even a um a vignette about Sean Spears trying to find his tag team partner would have worked too there was no there was no dark order presence anywhere on this show tonight you know let's do a 6 or 7 minute match maybe an 8 minute match um you can come out a commercial with them already in the ring and then go to commercial with uh with a uh one of a vignette of one of these guys get dark order over a little more, you know, I I've been hearing people talking about how dark order is failing. Maybe it's not so much that dark order is failing. Maybe dark order is just not getting the proper, um, I don't want to say push, but publicity maybe because they, when you're trying to get this, this, whatever they are over, why were they nowhere on the show tonight? I kind of feel the same way about the women's division. And, um, you know, I, I realize the women's division is, isn't exactly star-studded, but they also haven't done a very good job of... Um, like, tonight there was only one women's match on the entire show, right? And and that was, you know, it featured a, a debuting Priscilla Kelly. Um, mm, against, Priscilla. <laughs> against I Dr. Just, against, I love... against the, apparently the hottest woman on the boat, Dr. Britt Baker. And I think it was like what a four-minute match, four-ish minutes, I think. Yeah. And uh, and, there were... and and you know, so it it feel it really feels like um, they have built the women's division around not even Riho anymore. It's more built around the Nightmare Collective. And so tonight, when the Nightmare Collective wasn't even on the show, it really felt like a big gaping hole that there was hardly any women's presence on the show. Right. Well, and for people that don't know, Priscilla Presley is married to Darby Allen. That's his wife. No, no, no. Priscilla and, Presley was married to, to or, Elvis Presley. It's Priscilla Kelly that's married to Darby. Allen. Pris- yeah, Priscilla <laughs> Kelly. I. Why was it? Oh, Pr- uh, Priestley. I, I I keep getting anyway. Um, uh, Priscilla Kelly is married to Darby Allen. She was on MLW. She was. They were trying to push a women's division, and she was the only woman in the women's division for a little while. Looks like she's finally left MLW and joined AEW, which I think is a good thing. She's very talented. She didn't really get to show it tonight. She was, but also, she's at very, in a, she was also at All Out in the Casino Battle Royale, too. Yeah, but she hasn't been around since then. So. Correct. Um, but she, uh, you know, she's very talented. She didn't get to really show it tonight, but I don't know how much of that is Britt Baker. Or and how much of that is 
you know the boat and the and the waves and everything there there were a couple of really sloppy spots but it almost looked like it was brit not rotating well enough or not falling the way she should have there was that one spot where she um it was almost like a backbreaker uh but Britt kind of fell awkwardly sideways instead of on her back. I don't know if you caught that too, but there, there were just a few awkward spots during that match, and I can't tell if it was because of their chemistry, if if Britt's just not polished enough. And while I know Britt's not polished enough, she's still only, what, two years in the business. Yeah, well, we, we've so. talked about before how, you know, how Britt Baker is, well, you know, she's still sloppy and... She is doesn't have the experience for the spot that they keep giving her, you know. No, no. I mean, she was getting better there for a while. Maybe this heel turn or what will, well, no, this heel turn's destined to fail if this is the way they're going to do it. She can't go out and call Tony Schiavone a um, Starbucks barista and expect to get a heel character over or even a believable character. And what's the, what's the problem with being a barista? Come on. He served a damn good coffee. I'll give him that much. That is correct. I, I don't know where that whole Starbucks thing came from. That was completely out of left field. I mean, anybody that knows anything about Shivani knows that he is, um, for the last what since he, he's been dabbling in wrestling, but he's been pretty much a full time announcer for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yep, for the you Georgia know, Bulldogs and, and for the Atlanta Braves Triple uh, A team. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's been an announcer. He's never stopped doing it. He's been doing that for thirty some years, 40, almost forty years now. You know, so it, the whole Starbucks comment, I didn't understand it. It really did nothing to get her over as a heel, except make her just look like a snobby bitch. A snobby and uh, clueless, yeah, snobby clueless um, bitch. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. I I didn't think it was that. Uh, I well done. Thankfully. JR ended it <laughs> by forcing a commercial break. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I, obviously, they're, obviously they're, doing, they're doing this kind of weird heel turn with Britt after she was like the most popular woman in the division when it started. Um, right. They've, they've got Allie, who was the other most popular woman, also in a heel role now as the bunny. <laughs> as a yeah. valet. She's not even an actor. I don't... Has she had a match in AEW yet? Um. Yes. She said that she had I know that there were team, she had that tag team match on I don't think she has on Dynamite. I mean she she had that tag team match on I want to say it was Fight for the Fallen. Um and then she had that was Go ahead. That was her and um uh I know she was having her issues with um uh what's your brandy? All right, she had a match with Brandy. That was that. One. That's right. You're right. Yeah. And then who was the other one that they brought over that was, it's not B. Priestley, or is it? The one that's dating Osprey that we haven't seen since uh, Double or Nothing. Yes, that's B. Priestley. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen her since Double or Nothing. And she was, she was probably the hottest one they had at the time as far as, as, far as any kind of heat. You know, granted she was working with Britt Baker, but at least she was drawing heat to Britt Baker for a little while. And she's just been AWOL ever since Double or Nothing. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is due to her stardom commitment. And 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 I, you know, I, and I don't, I haven't seen anything. Maybe you have because you obviously you have your your ear to the 
to the news more than I do these days. But has there been any kind any kind of news about how the purchase of Stardom by NJPW's parent company is affecting Stardom's relationship with AEW at all? Not that I've heard. Okay. And I, from the looks of it, it looks like AEW and NJPW might continue working together too, unless Moxley had some sort of contracted deal with them where he was supposed to wrestle a certain amount of matches. Well, remember, he, he debuted for, for NJPW before, before he debuted for AEW. So, uh, right. I, I'm not, not sure he, how any of that how any of that shakes out, but I mean, but I'm, I'm but if, you, if also you remember, B Priestley was also the stardom the stardom women's champion when she debuted for AEW. Right. I just wonder if they might have had some sort of contract in place where Moxley had to wrestle so many matches for NJPW, and because of his uh, MRSA infection and you know flight issues and things like that, he hasn't been able to. Could be, or maybe he just really wanted to face Minoru Suzuki. Well, it could have been one of his contracted matches that he's just now getting to. That's true. Although, te- although I don't think typically you have a contract that, that stipulates who you're going to face. Yeah, maybe not. I know I'd heard rumors that AJ, when he signed with them for that year, he had specific people that he want, had in his contract that he was going to face. I don't, well, I don't know how you could actually enforce that because, you know, what if somebody gets injured or they leave the company or they die? Oh, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure there's out clauses in that. But I had heard a rumor that I had, I'd heard some sort of rumor that he had in his contract, his NJPW contract, he had to face uh, Shinsuke. He had to face Tanahashi. And there was one other guy that he had in his contract that he was going to face. Oh, in NJPW? Yeah. I thought you were talking about WWE. Yeah, probably Okada. Well, and it was only a year-long contract, too. It's not like he had signed a, a five-year contract. Right. It was just it was a one-year contract, and he had in his contract that if he was going to do it, he was going to face these certain people. Yes, yeah, I thought you were talking about WWE, and I, was gonna, and I actually was about to praise John Cena. I was going to say, you know, as, as much shit as I've been John Cena over the years, at least he put it over AJ in back-to-back matches cleanly. Yeah, he did this. He Did he do well, the same cleanly, thing with like Kevin Owens? The first one, I, guess. I guess the first one wasn't clean, but he still, you know, AJ beat him in two straight matches. Two straight singles matches. Yeah. And the second the he had that crappy tag team match that he won, too, in between. Oh, true. In, yeah, two straight singles matches, and, and the second one was... Was, was a clean win. On, well, and, on, and on the Owens, second stage in the company. You know. I know yeah. Owens beat Cena clean in his first match. Did he win two straight, or did he win... No, just one, and then Cena beat him the next two. The next two? Okay. I don't know. You and I differ on Cena. I've got my feelings. I think he's he gets a, gets a lot of slack for being vanilla. I think he's incredible talent, and if they'd let him be a heel, he could have been great at it, but he got too much slack when he started be, uh, as a babyface trying to appeal to children because all he did was run the same character out there for 10 you damn years. And I also think that he had enough that he had enough clout with the company that if he really wanted to be a heel, they would have turned him heel. 
Yeah, I do too. I think a lot of that at by the time that it became evident that he should turn heel, I think he was more protecting his um, outside interests at that point. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I, I love. I love. There, there's been times I've been a big fan of Cena, but overall, I think you know that, like you said, when he was on the rise as the Doctor of Thugonomics, and then he went to this vanilla Hulk Hogan style character I just couldn't get on board with him anymore yeah his hulking up and everything but I'll give him I'll give him credit he was a hell of a wrestler um he had you can't have that many many five-star matches against that many different opponents and not be but he his character was a little rough uh, it was way too vanilla his hulking up in every match was a little too much I mean the they coined the uh, term Super Cena for a reason. Yes. You know, so, um, but... As far as and, AEW and, goes... And, 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 and I, do not, I do not want to see Cena show up on AEW, ever. No, I don't either. And that goes for people like Tessa, Sammy, you know, I, these these people... I, I, Impact's got their own national format. Let them build up to be a competitor and keep Tessa and Sammy there. I don't need to see them running to AEW. It's, I don't need to see people like Sasha and AEW, or you know Charlotte or Becky or, um, you know the revival. Any of these people, I I'm not wishing that they all run to AEW because I, I as far as AEW goes, I think they've got enough talent. They just need to use it a little bit better, and they can bring in splash players here and there. But just because somebody is not getting uh, the focal point or is you know a great wrestler doesn't mean I want to see them all run to AEW either. Um, I, yeah, I even I said mostly, that. Up, I Marty. mostly agree with what you just said, but I would say that. Tessa joining AEW would be a, would be a big boost for the promotion because because they because they really need somebody to to be the anchor of that women's division and nobody's really yeah. been able to do that yet. I mean, well, I mean in that in that case, they could Sasha would be a great fit there too. Sure, I think she could come in and be that anchor. But they've got so many women there that can be the anchor already. They're just choosing not to use them. Right, but if you bring in a big star like Sasha or um, Becky, Alexa Bliss. Tessa Blanchard, you know, you're, you're Ty Valkyrie, then you've got, then you've got somebody, to, you know, somebody experienced that, that the wrestling public knows that you can start getting, getting a rub from, they can start giving a rub to these young, young up and coming wrestlers. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But I mean, let's put it this way. Marty Skrull is my, um, still probably one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. He didn't make his way to AEW and I'm not sad about that. No, you know, but, it, but and, and and if he did, he probably wouldn't be wrestling in the women's division anyway. No, but he wouldn't. I I don't think he would have made the splash that we would have wanted him to in AEW. I think he's. I wish that he was with a company that treated him a little bit better. But at the same point, um, I'm not upset that he didn't leave our Ring of Honor. No, if that I makes mean, sense. The only time. He could have come in and made a big splash. Would have be would have been if he was the opponent for Cody instead of Dustin. I can't I can't see any other place he would have come in and made a and made a big splash. Well, I, I take that back. If he had re, if he had been the guy to replace Moxley instead of Pack replacing Moxley against Omega, would have been the second or, the only other time. Or if he had been the Jack Hagar um, inner circle piece. You wouldn't have gotten the big hurt guy 
but you would have gotten somebody sleazy that would have came in and done. I mean, if he'd done what he did to Adam Cole when Adam Cole got booted from uh, from Bullet Club, I think he would have been able to make his biggest splash then too. Okay, I, I can kind of see that. I, I I don't know that I really want to see him playing second fiddle to Jericho, but if it was kind of like a thing where he was like always um, undermining Jericho, or or you know that that might have been that might have been interesting. Or had been, yeah, kind of been on behind the scenes, like he, the villain enterprises type thing, where he's the real guy in control and Jericho's the figurehead. Yeah. Type of thing that would have worked. I, I think there's a lot of ways they could have made it work, and I think that could have been a big splash too. And and we would have actually gotten that enforcer in the ring at some point too. Unlike Jack Hagar. Whatever he's 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 in he's in Ring of Honor for now. He's booking the he's booking the promotion, and apparently he's also working with the NWA. So you know, let Marty be Marty. Well, and I and I, I, I it's one of the few things that if Marty can come in and they can start putting on quality matches, I still got six months left to decide if I'm going to really discontinue this Ring of Honor app. Anyway, maybe he'll be the guy that can save the company and turn it around. I mean, there was something, and I, you know, I hate to do this again because now we're off the AEW topic again. But um, there was something that came out after Marty resigned last week, where Bully had mentioned that uh, he was always pushing for Marty to become the world champion. If that's the case, then why didn't it happen? Wasn't he the head Booker? Well, I thought he was, but it, but apparently, but you know, all the all the news articles said that um, Skrull was replacing Hunter Johnson as the Head Booker and Hunter Johnson, of course, was delirious. So, so maybe maybe Booker maybe Billy had some booking power, but not as much. But he wasn't a head one like we all thought he was. Okay, well that would make sense too. I mean, he did say that he wouldn't have made Marty a um, the head Booker, which I I kind of agree with when you see all the other top stars that have I don't want to say failed, but they've drawn way too much heat for being the head Booker when they were at the top of the company. You know, Marty's their their top star. Regardless of you know Taven and Roosh and and all these other people and what they've done this last year, Marty is their top star, and for him to be the head booker at the same time, that is just too much. He how's he going to concentrate on his matches when he's also got to deal with the politics between other wrestlers? I totally see your point, and I'm a little bit leery of it myself, but I don't think you can blame Ring of Honor for doing it if that was the only way they can get him to resign. And at this point, I don't think you can blame Ring of Honor for doing it because what they were doing wasn't working. Right, exactly. Give it, give it to a guy who's proven he's creative. Anything else on Dynamite? No, actually, I was gonna. Uh, I mean, I thought the matches were great. I yeah, and kind of a little bit petty on my part with the picking apart certain things. I mean, I think that they're still doing a great job. I think they're still putting out great matches. I wish they'd do a few things here and there a little bit differently. Um, but all in all, this is still probably the best weekly show that I've seen that I see. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna try to get some. I'm gonna try to watch. Uh, a little bit of NXT this week too, because I, I did see Keith Lee was facing Roderick Strong for the TV title, but um, yeah, and but you know NXT is certainly off my radar. Raw's been off my radar for a while. SmackDown's been off my radar for a while. So yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's really for me between AEW and and uh, Impact and and in Dynamite wins most weeks. Well, and, I mean I I've 
kept tabs on certain things like MLW. I, I haven't, I've said that I was going to get completely off. I haven't because I still like, you know, there's still some good characters there. And I, I've kind of kept my eye on NWA popping in here and there. I've, you know, Raw and SmackDown every now and then, depending on which kid is up here uh, with me, I'll, you know, I'll pop in and watch that here and there. And I, get annoyed when i watch those shows because a lot of the stuff that's going on that just doesn't make sense i don't get annoyed yet with aid right any of the any of the other shows you know they there are things i wish they do a little bit differently but that's my just fantasy booking um all the other weekly shows that i see i i just i don't think they're on the same level as AEW is at this point that is correct why don't you tell everybody where they can, where they, where else they can listen to us at, John? Well, guys, hopefully you're listening to us on YouTube. I've seen you know about six or seven people jumping on and off throughout the night. Um, you know, so if you're, uh, hopefully you're listening to us on on YouTube. And if you are, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, ring the notification bell. We're going to do two live shows a week uh, between this and Spreaker, or between YouTube and Spreaker, and we're also doing an exclusive only YouTube show. Well. Uh, an exclusive free YouTube show. Well, it'll always be in our archives on Patreon, which brings me to Patreon, patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. Um, best place to go to find us and find out everything you want about us. And you listen to all of our shows. We have exclusive shows on there. It's kind of a donation service. You, you, throw a little bit our way um, anywhere between five and ten bucks to us uh, so that we can continue to um, bring you this content and in favor we archive every show that we've ever done we also have exclusive only patreon shows and we'll put up our youtube exclusive shows in the pay section as well so that you can get um, you definitely get your money's worth and it helps us out in the end that's patreon.com slash kingdom of honor and of course um from patreon you can not only get to our youtube channel where you can watch these live shows or listen to these live shows you can also get to my twitter um which is at regi co-op uh shane is at zanman lop use hashtag koh and hashtag dad that will get you to everything that we do and make sure you stay tuned to the other LLP radio shows. Tomorrow is MCLP Radio Adventure. On Friday, we have a brand new show debuting as the right side of the pond is no longer on the air, but we are going to be having NWA Power, the Legacy Series, with your, with your boys and ours, um, the Mystic and the Miz Fan. And on Monday, we'll be back with you with Kingdom of Honor talking about the Royal Rumble. Yes, some actual WWE content from your WWE haters right here on LOP Radio. Until next time, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better. This is Shane saying goodbye. Or excuse me, this is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights. And Jeff saying... Goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. <laughs>